a battle. I see a lot of Christians who have not been taught how to fight. And some of us are not even aware that we're in a battle. Are you strong in the Lord? Are you suited up? We struggle, we wrestle. Be aware of what is going on around us and learn to fight because Satan is a liar. He's only around for a season and he is no rival to Jesus Christ. The victory is certain and irreversible. Have you read the book? When you get to the end, we win. We win. We win. tell already that we're going to have fun today. You guys are ready to worship God. Amen? Amen. Ready for the Word of God. Amen? Amen. Hey, uh, welcome all the campuses, all of them. Just let them know we love them. Welcome to all of you. I'm not going to list them all today, but I am going to ask you to pray for Kenya. Our campus pastors, Joshua and Gloria, have asked me to ask you to pray for them if you follow the news at all. And it hasn't been a big story because there's other big stories going on right now, but Kenya is in turmoil. And it's, it's in and around our campus and cities and towns are being burnt to the ground and persecution and political stuff. So uh, we pray at 114 every day uh, these days. And if you would, would you add Kenya to that prayer request as well? Hey, um, got an announcement a week from today. We are having uh, our final baptism celebration of the year. So if you've never been baptized or it's never meant anything to you, uh, mark your connect card right now and drop that in the offering basket later. We will baptize you at the end of this second worship celebration. So last week, let's go ahead and just jump right in today. Last week, we started a series called Battle Ready. Very good. I know it's on the TV, but none of you needed to cheat to answer that way. I know you got it. Battle Ready. Surviving the fight of your life. And last Sunday, um, I spent the time talking about, explaining, and teaching uh, Satan's history throughout the Bible and what the Bible says about the devil. And we looked at that and we went throughout scripture. And if you missed it, you can pick it up in the resource center right after this worship celebration today. It really was the overview and it is foundational that you pick up and and understand who the opponent is. We're in a series again called Battle Ready. We are in a war, whether you acknowledge it or not, whether you are aware of it or not, Satan is a liar. He wants to deceive us. But the truth is you are are in a fight. Moreover, if you're going to be in this church, and I'm glad you are, you just need to know that this church has had a bullseye on our back since day one. Like 15 years ago, we put a stake in the ground and we said, Satan, we are claiming Central North Carolina. 
We are gonna lift high the name of Jesus Christ. You are no rival for Jesus Christ. Get thee behind us. We're gonna lift up the light of Christ. He's gonna push back the darkness. And ever since that day, we picked a fight with the enemy and he has hacked off at this church. And now, come on, yeah, is she the only one excited about it? And, and now, now it's going to the Carolina, South Carolina, it's going to Kenya. And the point is, if you're gonna use your one and only life for God, if you're gonna want your one and only life to count for something significant, you are going to have a bullseye on your back. I got good news and I got bad news. This gives me a chance to kind of make an announcement that I have been thinking about how to make for the last few weeks because I don't want it to sound, um, I don't want it to come off the wrong, the wrong way. I got good news, I got bad news. What do you want first? Why does everybody always say the bad news first? It doesn't work for me to give you the bad news first today. I was trusting I was around a bunch of positive people who would want to start with the good. I got to go good first. So we... We have been listed um, in Outreach Magazine uh, again this year as one of the top 100 fastest growing churches in the nation. <laughs> Praise God. Praise God. And in our 15-year run, we've been listed four times. One year we were 78. One year we were fifth fastest growing church in the nation. One year we were 37. And this year we were 22nd fastest growing church in America. Now, that's good news. But again, I wanted to make sure it struck the right tone. Like, I, let us not fall into pride. It's, it's God's church and we can celebrate it and we should clap and celebrate it because people matter to God, amen? And if we're growing and we're reaching people, they matter to God. So it's, it's definitely something to celebrate. But he, here's, here's the question I have for you, which will lead us right to the bad news. Do you think this pleases Satan? It infuriates the devil. It hacks the devil off that there's a church in this area making a big deal about Jesus, making Jesus the famous one and making it hard to go to hell anywhere near a New Hope campus. So we have a target on our back and we would do well to just acknowledge that. Open up your Bibles to Ephesians 6, 10 through 20. Ephesians 6, 10 through 20. Now, last week, you will recall that I explained to you that the book of Ephesians, my Bible's around backwards, the book of Ephesians, <laughs> can't read upside down, the book of Ephesians is Paul's theological masterpiece. I told you last week, if you weren't here, let me just catch you up a little bit, that scholars have for many, many, many years considered Ephesians the queen epistles of all of the Pauline writings. It's like, it's like the, 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 the most unbelievable theological masterpiece of Paul's writings. And I share with you last week, that was because for many reasons, the Holy Spirit, of course, but Paul was in jail. He wrote all the other books in a hurry on the run from island to island, shipwreck, shipwreck, planting churches. He was in a hurry. But when he wrote Ephesians, he was in a jail. The other real important point of a theological, uh, or I should say context of the book of Ephesians is that Paul was not only in jail, scholars tell us that Paul was probably chained to a Roman soldier. Now, that, that's really, really important for you to understand. So we don't know for sure. So, but even if he wasn't chained to the soldier, he was 
in clear sight, very close proximity to a soldier. But I believe he probably was chained to a soldier. So he was able to keep an eye. Oh, I haven't, I haven't let you say good morning. Everybody say good morning, Maximus. That, that's Maximus. And if you missed last week, you missed it. He was fully decked out in all of the armor. Now for the next seven weeks, we're gonna redress him in the armor that Paul covers in Ephesians 6, 10 through 20. And the first thing we know is that Paul was probably chained to him and the very first piece of armor that the apostle Paul started with was the belt of truth. Don't miss that. It's as if Paul is saying, if you're going to be battle ready, if you are going to suit up and survive the fight of your life, you must, and I say that word intentionally, you must come to terms with the fact that there is an objective truth in this world. Now, the problem with our culture, and this is where Satan is the great deceiver. The problem with our culture, young people, listen closely. And older people, you, you aren't immune either, but I, it's in the water we drink with our young people. The problem in our culture is that the, the, Satan has deceived us in America and the world, but oh my Lord, it's like a fog that has set in over the United States of America. It is a fog of deception and darkness. And, and, and the culture would try to create you, try to convince you, and Satan is the author of it all. The culture would try to convince you there is no objective truth. In other words, there's subjective truth. We live in a day and age of relativism. And so what you hear today is that, hey, you can have your truth and I can have my truth. It's all good. And it's cool and it's okay. It's even okay if your truth is diametrically opposed to my truth. It's okay because it's your truth. And I got my truth. You do you. I'll do me. And it's all good. And what the Bible is saying to us right out of the gate is if you embrace that thinking, if you accept that lie straight from the pits of hell, your life will crumble. Now, 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 now what's, what's also important is, <laughs> notice the size of this belt. <laughs> This, this, this is not your skinny little belt, ladies, that you go buy at Nordstrom's or Target or Walmart. No, no, no. This, this is a big honking belt. Like none of you ladies are going to come up after the service and say, hey, can I have that belt? <laughs> well, maybe some of you would. I don't know. Um, this was the kind of belt they wore. Now, listen closely. This is so important before we read the Bible. The armor that the soldier wore would weigh somewhere around 100 pounds, give or take some. They would stand in this armor for long periods of time, not just a little American eight-hour shift. They would stand with this armor, and this belt was their core support. We all know because if you're into physical fitness and all, there's a kind of a, a, a real renewal in the emphasis of your core, strengthening your core. Don't miss this. this. Think about a UPS driver. You know how they wear, they wear those big belts? They have to for liability's sake. Well, it's to support them. The belt that the soldier would wear is a thick, strong belt. Think about a weightlifter who would be squatting weights, right? They wear a thick, big belt for support. The point is if they didn't, their body would eventually crumble under the weight of the armor. 
And what Paul is saying is that if you don't learn to accept and embrace the fact that there is an objective truth and it is found in God's word, if you just get blown all about to and fro accepting the cultural norms or what your feelings tell you, your feelings have nothing to do with this. You say, well, that hurts my feelings. I say, bless your heart. Your feelings, your feelings are irrelevant at this point in time. That's what gets us in so much trouble in the first place is when you start listening to your feelings or you start listening to what the culture says. And Paul says, this is your support. This is, we're about to read the text and it says, stand firm. This is how you stand firm in the 21st century. There has never been any problems that we face in the past, present, or future that the Word of God does not teach us and instruct us how to live. The question is whether or not you are going to receive it and <laughs> whether or not you're going to strap it on. I like you, you can come here every single Sunday and say, I believe that that's true. But if you don't apply it to your life, if you don't actually strap it on and live it out, you will crumble. Life will eat your lunch. Satan will eat your lunch and hand it to you on a platter because he will have you. This, this is a message. I'm just gonna go ahead and say this. I didn't say this last service, but I meant to. This is a message that will radically change the trajectory of your life if you embrace it. Now, you're all gonna have the choice when it's all said and done to just scurry on out of those doors and say, I don't believe it. Or I'm gonna go ahead and listen to culture. Or I'm gonna listen to my feelings. Or in this area where there's so much higher education, of which I'm a fan, by the way. I'm gonna listen to my intellect. And Paul says, you better watch out with your intellect for it is the foolishness of the cross that we embrace and find our stability. If you're ready for the word of God, say battle ready. ready. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the what? By the way, as we go through these next seven weeks, you don't get multiple choice. Oh, I like the belt, but I don't like that shield. Oh, I like this, but I don't like that helmet. No, 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 no. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, everybody say, therefore. Therefore, put on the full armor of God. Paul says, everything I've said to you so far, therefore, I'll talk about the breakup of Ephesians in just a moment. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, there are days of evil and we're living in them. When the day of evil comes, you may be able to what? Stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then. Do you think Paul wants us to stand? Stand firm with the belt of truth buckled around your waist. If you're taking notes, write this down in your Bible, in the margins, on your teaching notes, in your phone, your tablet, whatever. The truth gives you stability. 
The truth gives you what, church? The truth gives you stability. Come on, show of hands. How many of you would like to have a little more stability in your life? Church, these are chaotic days. These are chaotic days, and if you're not careful, you'll just be blown to and fro, and you'll just be stressed out all the time, and you will not be healthy because these are dangerous, evil days in which we live. The Bible says if you want to be stable, you better learn the Word of God, learn how to read the Word of God, and strap it onto your life. I put it like this. The truth gives you stability, right? This is what I say after that. The belt literally gave the soldier the core support he needed so that he would not crumble under the weight of the armor. You have to strap it on. This is why Paul started with the belt of truth. The case might be made that it's the most important piece. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I would just, you know, bet the farm on that, but listen, he started with it. It is key. Everything else builds from there. It starts and it ends with truth. And in a day of relativism, where there is no objective truth and everybody is embracing subjective truth, maybe this is why Paul started there. Because if you don't get your foundation solid, it's not in my notes, but I'm thinking about Jesus who said in the Sermon on the Mount, if you build your house on the sand, the rains will come and your life will be washed away. You won't be stable. But then he said, if you build your life on the rock, the rock, then you've got a firm foundation. So Paul is starting with the firm foundation. Now watch this. If you, again, you should take notes on this kind of stuff in your Bible margins. And hopefully you're bringing the old school Bible. Uh, I know a lot of you do it on the phones and tablets, and I do that too. But this is what you want to take down. Ephesians is really broken down into two books. It's both called Ephesians. But you do know, don't you, like when they wrote it, they didn't put chapters and verses in there. It was just one continuous letter. If you really study the book of Ephesians, it breaks down into two sections. You can look at it as two big chapters, if you will. Chapters one through three is one section. And in chapter four, Paul turns the page, if you will, and he starts to teach us in a different direction. And the way he does that is chapters one through three is full of indicatives. Everybody say indicative. Chapter four through six is full of imperatives. Now stick with me here for a moment. Imperatives. So in chapters three through six, as he's talking about who you are and your identity, he's constantly telling us what God has done for us. Indicatives. God has lavished on us all kinds of love. Paul loved that word lavish. He's lavished love on us. Can I get an Amen. He says in chapters one through three, this is where God took the, the two humanities. Remember, I did this in the race series on the multi-ethnic church. And he's taken the two hostile humanities, Jew, Gentile, and he's formed the one humanity in the church of Jesus Christ. These are indicatives. But then in chapter four through six, and this is why that word therefore was there. You want to circle it. In chapters four through six, he says, there are certain imperatives. In other words, Based upon the indicatives that I've taught you about for three chapters, based upon all the identity, based upon what I have told you that God has done for you in Christ, based upon all of that indicatives, therefore it is imperative that you do this to live out that which I just told you. In other words, we just read it. 
He says, stand firm. Not once, not twice, but three times. Stand firm. That is connected to the imperative to put on the belt of truth. In other words, he's saying you will never, ever, ever be able to stand firm in this world, in this day and age of relativism, unless you strap on, unless you gird yourself with a source of truth outside of yourself, existential to who you are. You submit and surrender to the authority of the word of God. That's how you stand firm. Number two. The truth gives freedom. The truth gives you what? Now, here's what I know some of you have been thinking as I've been talking so far. As I talk about truth, the last thing you think about is freedom because you've been deceived. I know you don't like coming to church and somebody out there you don't even know telling you you've been deceived. I know. But we live amidst mass deception in America and in the world today. See, when I start speaking about truth, because you have been so convinced that truth is relative, you start to give me the Heisman and stiff arm right away. Oh, I don't like truth. Truth, <laughs> truth feels like rules. Who likes rules? Truth, truth is inhibiting, right? Truth is, tr truth is boring. Some of you, some of you, believe that. And what I would say to you is, it's actually the opposite. Truth gives you freedom. Now stick with me. I see some of you like, okay, you gotta, you gotta unpack that a little bit, pastor. All right. When you know what the truth is, when you let God's word give you guardrails in your life, you let God's word define for you what is appropriate in your life, what is acceptable in your life, how you live, how you speak, how you spend your money, what you do with your sexuality, who you date, when you date them. When you let God's word shape that with not subjective truth, but objective truth, once you have the guardrails in your life, then you have all kinds of freedom to be the woman and the man God has called you to be. Let me give you a, an example that'll bring it home. Um, parenting. Show of hands, how many of you are parents? Show of hands, come on, come on, come on. A lot of you, a lot of, this is a family-oriented church. How many of you are not parents, but you hope to one day be parents? A lot of you. How many of you are like, I don't have any children, I don't want any? <laughs> all right, God bless you, it's all good. It's all good, but you'll still get this illustration. How many of you have been around parents <laughs> where it is obvious that they have not given their children any direction. <laughs> Y'all funny. I mean, how many of you have been around parents who it is obvious that they decided, you know what, we're not gonna parent this child. We're not gonna give them any guardrails. We're not gonna give them any direction. We're not gonna give them any instruction. I mean, they're raising their children like free-range chickens. Have you been around these people? I have, and it's the hardest moment of my life as a pastor because I'm a dad, man, I'm a dad. And listen, your children don't need you to be their friend. Your children need you to be their parent. 
And in, this, and in this day and age, here's what's popular. Oh, this is, this is so popular. You can read about this stuff. You know what? We're not going to give little Johnny too many rules or instruction because we, we want Johnny to self-actualize. <laughs> what does that mean? We're not going to give Sue any, any directions and we're not going to dare tell her she's wrong because we don't want to hurt little Johnny or little Sue's feelings. We're going to let them find their own way. <laughs> I'm talking about chickens. And you've been around their children. They run around like chickens with their heads cut off. With no Now, now be, before I offend all the parents in the house that, that have embraced this kind of parenting, I would say to you, number one, that is not the way to parent your children. This is not a parenting sermon, so I'm going to move on. But you are asking for trouble, and here's why you're asking for trouble. Listen closely. The most miserable children on the planet are those that don't have structure and guidelines and rules and direction. Now, 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 they, they'll never tell you that. <laughs> they, they, don't, they won't tell you that. But conversely, so listen closely, the most joyful, secure, because they know people love them enough to give them rules, the most joyful, the most secure, the most healthy, and eventually God-honoring adults are those who've been raised by parents who love them enough to give them a standard, rules, guidelines, guardrails. Those are the children that are most content. The others end up being most miserable and lost in this world. Now, listen closely. It's only an illustration, so we're going to move on. Adults are the same way. Adults are the same way. Like, who wants to have a life where there is not a higher power, God, who has set out to give me guidelines and guardrails to show me how to live my life? Okay? This is very, very key. The truth gives you what? Freedom. The first one is the truth gives you what? Stability. Secondly, the truth gives you freedom. Just so you think this is not some man-made stuff, I want to show you a verse that maybe you've never thought about in this life. You've thought about it in terms of freedom, and you love this verse, and I do too. I love, 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 love this verse. But watch how truth is tied to it. John 8. Ready? Let's read it out loud. Come on. Jesus said, if you hold to my teaching, you are... Stop right there. If you hold to my teaching, you're really my disciples. So, a little deduction here. Just by process of deduction, that should tell you that there are some people who hear his teaching, but they don't hold to his teaching, and therefore they're not disciples. Okay? Let's read this sentence. Then you will know the and the See, there's great freedom. There's great from learning the scriptures and having guardrails and guidelines, then you're able to step into the freedom that God gives you to become the man and woman that God is calling you to be. Can I get an amen? amen. I was in Washington, D.C. this week. I was invited up for a, um, an opening of the Bible Museum. Now, you might not even know that a Bible museum is being built in Washington, D.C., but let me tell you something. It is absolutely unbelievable, fascinating, and I hope you will all go at some point in time in the next decade. It's still about 45 days a bit away from being open, so we were able to get backdoor uh, passes. We heard great, great preaching. We were able to tour this thing. It's the size of two super Walmarts. It's unbelievable, and it's done so well. 
But as we were doing that, we also did a tour in the evening one night where we visited all the monuments, you know, and I went to, I went to all the monuments that I've been to before. I went to Dr. Martin Luther King's monument. I had not been to that one. So well done, unbelievable. If you follow me on Twitter, you saw a picture of that. But as I was visiting the monuments, I thought of a quote by Abraham Lincoln. He said this, I believe the Bible is the best gift God has ever given to man. You believe it, say amen. That's a great statement right there. All the good from the Savior of the world is communicated to us through this book. It gives us stability and it gives us great freedom. Write it down, number three. The truth, the belt of truth, if we wrap it around us, gives you direction. Gives you direction. You ever know anybody who's aimless in life? Huh? Maybe you're aimless in life. I'm glad you're here, but I got news for you. If you aim for nothing in life, you will hit it every time. The truth gives you direction. It gives you parenting direction. It gives you sexuality direction. It gives you vocational direction. It gives you marriage direction. It gives you direction for your life. This is so important. This is so desperately needed in our world today. In this series, we are locking into the pathetic schemes of Satan. Satan thrives on deception and chaos. Deception, chaos, and lies. Lies are his native language. And he has convinced so many outside the church, and I would declare to you today so many inside the church of his lies that we don't even know at times when we have bought the bad bag of goods. Look at what Jesus says, John A. It's interesting. This is right in the same area where we just read, you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free, right? Look at this. Jesus said to them, if God were your father, you would love me. For I have come here from God. I have not come on my own. God sent me. Now watch this. Why is my language not clear to you? Because you are unable to hear what I say. Now watch this. You belong to your father, the devil. And you want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth. Jesus is calling him out. He's helping us call him out. Now watch this. For there is no truth in him. That is the devil. When he lies, he speaks his native language. For he is a liar and the father of lies. Everybody say, the devil is a liar. You did good volume, but you didn't get enough sass in it. You, you got to say this with some sass. The devil is a liar. There you go, much better. You got to know, he's got to know you mean business. He's a liar. He's the author of lies. He is so cunning. He is so deceptive. He is sinister. And he's not a little fat dude in a red suit with a pitchfork and horns. You don't know what he is or who he is. Go back and listen to the message from last week. I don't have time to unpack it more. 
but he is alive and well on planet Earth. And he attacks you in a very personal way. He knows you. He knows your vulnerabilities. He knows your weakness. And he, he customizes his attacks on you. The attacks you receive might be different than the attacks I receive. But he is a liar. You say, well, what are some ways he lies to us? I'm glad you asked. She said to me, she said to me, oh, pastor, I'm so excited. I finally met him. I met him. He's so awesome. He's so good. She even said this to me. Sometimes people say inappropriate things to pastors. She said, he's got this cute little butt. She goes, he's awesome. She goes, I think we're going to get married. And I said what I should say. I said, that's awesome. That's great. I said, is he a believer? No, no, no. But, but I think we'll get him there, pastor. Do not be unequally yoked. Listen, young person, I don't care how cute his little butt is. If he is not a believer, you need to run. And you tell him he is not gonna date, you can get sassy with him. You ain't gonna date me until you get your butt in church, your cute little butt in church. And you get your heart, mind, soul, and strength locked into Christ and his word. That's when I'll date you. That's when I'll date you. Dating. Man, let me, let me talk to you for a minute, man, 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 man. He lies to us. He lies to us with one of our strongest desires in this world. And he uses pornography to do it. Some of you are sitting here today and your soul is being destroyed because you are hooked on pornography. And you find yourself time and time again huddled up in the corner of your house somewhere or an office somewhere clicking on links that you know you shouldn't be looking at. And, and I, I can make it a little broader than that, by the way, man. Come on, I'm a man. I'm right here with you. I, I, think there, I, I think we live in a day and age where pornography is legal and in the malls. Victoria's Secret? You got to be careful, guys. I don't know what you do when you won't buy Victoria's Secret in the mall, but here's what I do. <laughs> I've, ne <laughs> I've never said that in church before. <laughs> never. That's what I do. I mean, I, I, if I don't do this, because I don't want like a weirdo, I'll just, I'm, lo I'm looking, I don't know what over there, but I'm looking over there. Some of you men, man, you're like, I love Sports Illustrated. You love Sports Illustrated because you love the swimsuit edition. <laughs> Do not even look at a woman lustfully. Now, you got to decide, dude. You got to decide. Am I going to gird myself with truth or am I going to let my feelings and my desires rule the day? This is how you stand firm. This is how you take feelings and desires and intellect and you gird them. You make them submit to the authority of Scripture. Ladies, ladies, sometimes you're, you know, you, you talk to the men. Let me talk to the women. 
You're like, nah, you can go ahead and move on, Pastor. No, 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 no. <laughs> you, you sometimes get caught up in these emotional affairs online. He comes across your little feed. The next thing you know, you're having a direct messaging dialogue with him that's going on for long periods of time. And you know that you know that it is no longer just a friendship. You are romanticizing your past and you are having an emotional affair. Let the marriage bed be kept honorable in every way. And the marriage bed undefiled. For God will not judge those who commit sexual sins. God will judge those who commit sexual sins. I, I just threw the word out. <laughs> you know what I love about moments like that and I love about you? It tells me that you are all with me. Like I would be utterly depressed if I went home and listened to that later and none of you laughed. I'd be like, That's, why do I even do this? For God will judge those who commit sexual sin, especially those who commit adultery. Yeah, I'm going to go there. I'm going to go there. We're living in a day and age where the homosexual agenda is ferocious and aggressive beyond anything I've ever seen in my life. And I would probably not be speaking about this right now if I don't hear them coming at the church nonstop, wanting the church to endorse the homosexual lifestyle. Now, let me be very clear about where I'm getting ready to go. And if those of you who've been here a while, you know my heart. You've heard me preach on this before. If you struggle with homosexual tendencies, or here's, let, me, let me broaden it a little bit. Transgenderism is at a, it's, it's unbelievable what's going on. In my kids' school, we send our kids intentionally into a public school. I know some of you do private school and some of you do Christian school because God has led you there and it's awesome, way to go. We felt God leading us to send our kids into the public school. Our kids go to the public school in Chapel Hill. Do you know what the school system's like in Chapel Hill? Moreover, because this agenda is so aggressive and strong, I could walk you through things that they try to teach our children. And because there's so much confusion and the deception is like a fog hovering over America, I'm seeing young people in the third, fourth, fifth, sixth grade middle school who aren't really sure because who's, who's sure of anything at the sixth grade? But because they're not sure, but because they've been spoon-fed this agenda, we're seeing young people, groups of them, my kids are telling me, who have declared they're homosexual, number one, or they've declared that they're going to be in transition to transgenderism. And I want to say to you, wherever you are in that, if you struggle with that, we love you at New Hope. We will never, ever, ever be a church that will throw stones at you. We will never, ever, ever be at a church that will, that will castigate you outside of our midst. No, 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 no. We're going to be a church who brings you in and welcomes you and loves you. But, 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 but we're going to speak the truth. 
And some of you, by the way, and if you listen closely right now, if you listen closely right now, you, you'll, you'll hear hundreds of people leaving our church because I'm talking about this subject. But I told you since day one, I'm, I'm not in a popularity contest. I'm not in a popularity contest. I'm gonna, I'm gonna teach the word of God. And the word of God says that we should love all people. And the word of God says that your sin and my sin are equal. Like it's level at the foot of the cross. So who am I to cast stones at you? I am a fallen man. But I'm a fallen man who lives every single day of my life who tries to submit to the authoritative word of God. And I got, I got, so, I got so excited, I got away from my point. I got so away from my point. So, so homosexuality and transgenderism is at an all-time high, and I don't see it ending, and I see them coming at the church in the years ahead. In fact, this message that will be online could cause us lots of problems, but here's what I want you to know. The Bible is very clear about this, and you've got to decide whether you're going to strap on the truth or not. You might not. That's your choice. God gives you that choice. The wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all the godlessness and wickedness of people, there it is, who suppress the truth by their wickedness. For although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him, but their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. Therefore, Romans 1, by the way, you can go read it later. Therefore, don't miss this next phrase. Write it down, underline it in red. Paul mentions it three times in Romans 1. Three times. Therefore, God gave them over in the sinful desires of their hearts to sexual impurity. Paul doesn't say it once. He doesn't say it twice. He says it three times. This is a frightening thought, church. Listen closely. There comes a point in time where if we are not careful, if we continue to stiff arm God's word and we continue to live our lives based upon feeling and emotions or intellect and not upon the objective truth of God's word, it says very clearly, God can reach a point. This is a frightening thought for me. And he can give Benji over to his sinful desires. That's a frightening place to be. And I believe in what we see going down in America right now is a result of people thumbing their nose at God saying we are not gonna listen to your word anymore. We're not gonna follow you anymore. And God says, all right, have it your way. Sinful desires of their hearts to sexual impurity for the degrading of their bodies with one another. They exchanged, there it is again, they exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshiped and served created things rather than the creator. Because of this, there it is again, God what? God gave them over to shameful lusts. Some of you didn't even know this stuff was in the Bible. Even their women exchanged natural sexual relations for unnatural ones. God has created humanity a certain way. There's natural and there's unnatural. 
There's light and there's dark. There's truth and there's lies. In the same way, the men also abandoned natural relations with women and were inflamed with lust for one another. Men committed shameful acts with other men and received in themselves the due penalty for their error. They have become filled with every kind of wickedness, evil, greed, and depravity. You can get mad at me if you want. I hope you don't. I love you. I, I don't come up with the mail. I just deliver it. I'm just, I'm, just, I'm just doing my best to be a workman, as Paul would say in Timothy, a workman who is approved to handle the truth of God's word. That's all I'm trying to do. So I'm not, you know, don't, don't, don't take your anger out at me. You've got to decide, are you going to believe what our culture is teaching you? Are you going to believe what our public schools are starting to teach? By the way, I could tell you some other stuff public schools are starting to teach our children and say to our young adults, it is It's disgraceful. And you've got to decide, am I going to stand with all of that, all of the culture, all of my feelings, all of my intellect, everything they're saying out there, or am I going to be a child of God who says, you know what? I'm going to trust the word of the living God. You've got to decide. And let me just keep going. Because I, again, if it, I, I don't want people to sit here because I, I never, this is why I'm afraid to talk about these things. I never want us to be that church. I never want me to be that pastor who just, who just hates people who do things sexually that he or she wouldn't do. Like that is a shame. There's enough mean-spirited, homophobic pastors and churches out there. Listen to me, listen to me. We are not one of them. You are welcome here. Like, you are welcome. You are loved here, regardless of whatever. But let me just move on to a few other subjects so, so that it's not like, you know, just let's just talk sex day. If you follow me on Twitter, you know that I stopped coaching football yesterday and threw out a few tweets. Like I said, I, don't know, I think I said it in this verse, lost immediately hundreds of followers, hundreds of followers, but I don't care. I, I threw out a tweet because yesterday in Middle Tennessee and in Shelbyville and other places, there, there were white supremacy rallies going on. White supremacy rallies. And they got them on video, and this is, this is what took me over the edge. I literally stopped coaching football and tweeted this out. They showed the white supremacists marching with all of their attire, right? And all of their Confederate flags and all of this stuff. And here's what they were marching. Let me see if I can remember this. Um, closed borders, white nation. Now it's time to start deportation. Closed borders, white nation, time to start deportation. And I threw a few tweets out there. And I'll get all kind of hate mail. I know it, it's coming. But here's what I said. Let it be unequivocally clear that white supremacy 
is antithetical to the gospel of Jesus Christ. There is no place for it. There is, there is no place for it. It's, it's, I mean, just think about that for a moment. White, I mean, I can speak about this because if you have noticed, I'm white. <laughs> white supremacy? I, I, I thought the Bible says that, that God opposes the proud and, 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 and shows grace to the humble. Just the whole notion that any ethnic group is going to declare that they're supreme is completely prideful and antithetical to the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so if you're here today, and regardless of your, your color of your skin, if you're here today and you have been taught, because by the way, most, this, most of this stuff is taught. Racism is taught. It is taught. Did you hear me? It is taught. Did I tell you it was taught? <laughs> and some of you have been taught this stuff your whole life. You got to stand at a crossroads and decide, am I going to continue to embrace what I was taught or because I was taught it, this is what I feel, or am I going to confess my sin, submit to the authoritative word of God where the Bible says there is neither male nor female, Jew nor Gentile. We are all one in Christ. You've got to decide, are you going to continue to embrace those things, those sins? Again, if you're, if you're a, a, a white racist, like, and you're, you're, you're into this stuff, again, guess what? And this might push some of you in the other direction. I love you. Like, you're welcome here. You're welcome at New Hope Church. But I will declare and call your sin, sin. And declare that it has no place here. We have to be a church that says, I'm going to gird myself with the truth. Look what the Bible says here. You've heard this verse, but you might have never thought about it in light of this. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. We, we love, this is a coffee mug verse. Women love this verse. This is, this is Hallmark. We love this verse. It makes us feel so good. But have you ever thought about it in light of everything I've said today? Trust in the Lord with all your what? Lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. The belt of truth gives us direction. Here, here's another one. I'll, I'll start to land this plane. Thy word is a lamp for my feet and a light unto my path. There are so many people, millions and millions and millions of people. And I will dare say, and you guys know I love all churches. I love all churches because all churches reach all kinds of people. But there are a lot of churches now in our land who no longer submit to the word of God and their people are floundering because they have no light unto their path. 
And let New Hope Church remain a place that says, you know what, despite what I feel, despite what I say, despite the pastor's personal preferences, we are going to submit to the word of God. And when we see sin, call it out, call it out in me. If you ever see it in my life, I'm gonna call it out in you. And let's strive to be a grace-filled people who actively pursue God's word. Trust not in your own understanding, but in all your ways, acknowledge who? Him. And he'll keep your, your path straight. He will direct you. Thy word is a light unto my path. Last thing, because I knew it would be kind of intense in here today. I thought I would turn it at the end and say the truth gives you identity. The truth gives you identity. One of the main ways in which Satan lies to you is he whispers lies about you. And you believe them sometimes. You got voices. We're gonna sing a song in just a moment. Please don't leave. You do not wanna miss what we're gonna do in this song. But we're about to sing a song called Sons and Daughters of God. And there's this verse in that song, this lyric that says, when the lies speak louder than the truth, what do you do? Like, like Satan lies to you every day. That's why it's so important that you read the word of God every day. He, he's lying to you. Here are the kinds of things he'll say to you. You're not smart enough. He'll tell you you're too large. He'll tell you you're not light enough. Light meaning skin color. He'll tell you you're not light enough. You're too large. You're too small. He'll tell you you're a loser. He'll tell you you're a liar. The liar of all liars will tell you you're a liar. He'll tell you you're a sinner. He'll tell you, you will never be good enough. He will tell you, you will never amount to anything. He'll tell you what I was told as a kid, because this is who I came, you just white trash. He'll tell you, you'll never be anything but a thug. No one will ever want you. No one will ever need you. You will always be depressed. You will always be defeated. So just give up, throw in the towel. It's not worth it. Lies, 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 and more lies. I came by today to speak some truth over your life. You have amazing intellectual capacity. You, 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 you who sit there all the time and in every conversation, you think I'm not smart enough to even engage the conversation. You have amazing intellectual capacity. I stopped by to let you know today, black is beautiful. Brown is beautiful. White is beautiful. God made them all. I stopped by today to let you know that your body shape is just how God created you. Now, we are to steward over our bodies. We are to care for our bodies. But some of you are wanting a body that God didn't give you. Go ahead now. <laughs> I think I will. I'm probably going to get the numbers wrong, but some, I know I'm going to get these numbers wrong because I'm not a woman. Some of you, like, uh, is, is four a thing? Some of you, some of you want to be a four. Is that a thing? A four, size four. Did I get it? Yeah. Some of you want to be a size four. When God made you an eight or a 10. <laughs> Go ahead now. <laughs> God doesn't make any junk. 
God made you just as God intended to make you. So quit comparing yourself to airbrushed models on magazines or in malls that aren't reality in the first place. Now, don't go, oh, I just learned in church today I am what I am. <laughs> Pastor Ben and Jerry's. No, no, no. <laughs> Y'all don't help me wrap up in moments like this. God just made me who I am, so I'm never gonna exercise. Never gonna exercise, no. Your body is the temple of the Lord. So you should care for it. You should care for it. <laughs> you ever notice how some pastors, they love to rant, yell, and scream, and sweat, and, 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 and curse those who are living in sexual sin. And yet they'll go to a daggone buffet, <laughs> golden corral, and they'll be 400 pounds, and they'll belly upside that buffet. <laughs> A little disconnect. A little disconnect. You ever notice how we, we, we it, this, is, this is the sinful side of us too. You ever notice how we will, we, we, we will have a tendency if we are not careful to publicly declare and stand against the sins that we don't struggle with. But the sins that we struggle with, oh, don't worry about it. Let's not talk about that. I've heard many pastors rant and rail over something and I've looked at them, I'm like, dude, have you noticed you're like 400 pounds, bro? You might have a problem with gluttony. <laughs> I have. Focus, Benji, focus. <laughs> Where in the world was I? God made you who you are. You are a winner. You are not a sinner. Yes, you might be someone who occasionally sins, but what if you let God's identity start to shift and shake your life so that you don't look at yourself as just some sinner, but instead you see yourself as a saint who occasionally sins. God loves you. You have inherited an eternal value by living according to the truth of God's word and the power of God in me. I can overcome depression. By submitting to the power of God and the truth of God's word, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I am a warrior. I am willing to put on the belt of truth today and fight this battle and be the man, and the woman, and the child, and the student that God has called me to be. But hear me, church, wrapping up. You've got to decide what you believe about this book. Every issue we face today is, is cured, gives us direction, gives us stability, gives us freedom if we run to the Word of God. If we learn to read the Word of God, you might, you might be like, well, I read it, it's confusing to me. I get that. But you have to become a better reader, so do I. You have to learn to study this book. 
version. You need to write that down. version, one of the best tools ever come out. It's millions and millions, tens of millions now of, of app downloads. version Bible. There's Bible reading plans. There's, there's plans where you can pick a subject matter that will walk you through. But you have to decide what you are going to believe about this book. I'm going to end with this. The truth gives you identity. That's what I've been talking about. Hopefully you picked up on that. But look at this verse. All scripture is given by the inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, and for instruction in righteousness. All Scripture is given by God. Some translations say God breathed. You know what this book is for your life? This book is your GPS system. How many of you, how many of you, can remember the day. Young people are gonna be like, what's he talking about? I know. Like how many people can remember when we didn't have GPS systems? But I remember getting in the road and pulling out a big old atlas. (laughs) Remember the atlas days? I'd take a highlighter, man, and I'd highlight where we're going. Oh, God bless the atlas. Where did it go? Now we got GPSs. Who loves GPSs? I love GPS. I love GPS. My wife, my wife and I argue sometimes on the road because like she won't trust the GPS. Her father was an engineer and, and he, he, he designed maps and all that stuff. So she, she uses GPS, but when, she, when her little instinct gets off and she thinks the GPS is wrong, she wants to go back to the maps or just trust her instinct. And it causes arguments because I'm like, oh, no way. <laughs> I, got, I, I got this, this, this woman, she's my GPS voice. She's kind of got an English voice, right, European. And she talks to me and, and she, she tells me when we're doing good. I mean, I, I trust her. My wife doesn't trust her that much. I trust her. Now, my wife is in here. My wife is godly and lovely, and I love her. But this is where we argue sometimes. She will want to not trust the GPS. I'm like, I got the music up. I'm listening. I trust her. <laughs> she does not let me down. She, I was going to Solar City yesterday, and she decided she was going to take me a different route. And Joshua was like, Daddy, I think we're going the wrong way. He's been to Solar City a couple times over the years. He goes, I said, you got to trust her, bro. Cut the music up. <laughs> she always gets you there. Some of you are like, no, not always. Well, most of the time. And you know what? When I mess up or when she messes up, this is my favorite part. I love this. I love this when she goes, recalibrating. (laughs) Dude, that's my girl. She's recalibrating my life. This is your GPS. He has left us a GPS system. And whenever you start to follow your feelings, or you start to believe the lies about yourself, or you start to believe a false identity about who you are, or you start to get your, 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 your worldview mixed up over vocation or money or sexuality or what, all those other things that, that tend to bombard us, you've got to run to the, God, to the God's word. You've got to trust the GPS. You've got to let it recalibrate your life and get you back on track. And here is what I know that I know that I know. If you will, this book will lead you home. This book will get you to your final destiny by the blood of Jesus Christ and the death and the resurrection. This book is alive. It is the word of God. So gird yourself in it and with it in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen, amen, amen.